Hi, and welcome to the Confessions of a Homeschooler podcast. I am your host, Erica Arndt. In these podcasts, I'll be sharing all of my favorite homeschooling, organizational, and parenting tips, and answering your questions as well. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to today's podcast. It is nearing the end of the year, and so I thought it might be kind of fun to talk about standardized testing. I know that's always my kids' favorite part of the year. Um, I'm joking. They don't love it at all. Um, Actually, it's not that bad because we make it kind of fun, and I'll get into that here in a minute, but I've had a lot of questions on how we do it and how to do it, and I know when I first started homeschooling, I was really nervous about the standardized testing part. I think just because I didn't know how to do it or what I needed to do. Um, And so hopefully I can answer some of those questions for you. Um, Before we get into this, I do want to say that all states can be different on what they require of you. So make sure that, you know, whatever I say today, you're following the information for your state and what your state requires because mine might be different. And then I would direct you to the HSLDA website for that. And for um, all of my podcasts, I will have links below this where you can get information on everything that I am going to talk about today. Um, So don't worry about that. Um, You can just look in the post for this podcast and get all that info there. But let's go ahead and just dive right in. Now, it is May 12th right now. It's the end of our school year. This is actually our last week of school for this year. Um, And then normally we would do testing at the end of the year. Well, since it's a coronavirus year, we are not required to do testing this year. That said, we are actually going to do testing anyway because I just like to be mean. No, um, mainly because I like to do testing every year regardless. We only have to test every odd year in our state, um, and we do testing every single year just because I like to use it as a way to see if I'm doing my job, if the curriculum that we chose um, is helping to adequately prepare the kids and things like that. We don't sit down with the kids and, you know, hey, you got a bad grade, you're grounded or anything like that. Um, We just like to make sure that whatever curriculum I'm choosing or whatever we're covering that year, that we feel like we're doing a good, well-rounded job with our curriculum. And so that's what we use the test for. So let's go ahead and dive right in. So step one is gonna be to choose your test. And yes, there are more than one test out there you can do. Again, you'll wanna check with your state to see if they require something specific. Um, We have done the Iowa standard test before. You can also do Stanford tests, and then you can also do the CAT test, which are the California achievement tests. Um, And I think they're all fine. We did Iowa standard tests for quite a few years, and we recently moved over to the CAT test. Mainly they're a little bit shorter. They don't take quite as long, but I still feel like they give us a nice, good, well-rounded overall view of how our year went. Um, And so that's the one we chose. But of course, you can choose whatever you prefer and you can even, or like I said, make sure you're, you know, following regulations for your state. So do a little bit of research, see which one you think fits your family the best. And I would say go ahead and start there. Now, there are a couple of things that go with the Iowa's and the Stanford's. You do need to have a bachelor's degree yourself um, to be able to administer those tests. Um, I do have that. And so for several years, I ordered them through the BJU Press testing website. You send in your information and affidavit of your degree, and then they um, list you as a test administrator, an approved test administrator. And then you're able to order the tests, get them to your house house, you know, administer the tests and all of that. So you want to look into that um, before, you know, you kind of decide which one. That might actually make a difference in your decision. Um, If you don't have a bachelor's degree, you can do the CAT test. You do not have to have that for those. You can still purchase those online. Um, Those you can get from Christian Liberty Press. They're relatively inexpensive. Um, They're a little bit cheaper than the Iowa and Stanford, so that might also help make your decision. And like I said, you don't have to have a BA in order to um, administer those tests. So those are just a few of them. We've done Iowa 
Chihuahuas and cats, and they, I think, in my opinion, are both sufficient. Um, and then there's also kind of a variety of those within those tests. So you can do the paper ones where you order them, they ship them to your house, you administer them. They're the bubble tests you probably all remember from growing up. And I do think that those are an important skill to learn. So your student can learn to read the question in the booklet. You're not allowed to write in the books, just like before. Um, and then they would fill in the correct bubble on their worksheet. And I think that's a good skill to have. So we have done those tests um, pretty much every year until this year. They also offer the tests in an online format. And so this year we did the CAT test as an online format. And I can say that while I liked them for ease of use for me, um, I think most of my kids weren't as excited about them because there is a timer up in the right-hand corner on the online test that's just constantly ticking down, and I think that was really distracting for them. They are tested when we do the paper test, but I just tell them, hey, you have 45 minutes to do this test or whatever it is, and ready, set, go. They start the test, they do the work, they always have completed before the time um, has, you know, expired. And so it's never been an issue, but they also didn't have that timer kind of counting down right at the top corner of their screen. This year with the online, they do have a timer up there, and they all said that they felt a certain amount of pressure and rush because they could see the timer ticking down, and they felt like they weren't sure if they would have enough time to get through all the questions, and so they felt like they were rushing and maybe not doing as good of a job, and I do think it was reflected in their test scores a little bit. It wasn't enough that I was concerned that they didn't learn anything this year, but it was definitely, I could see a change in their test scores based on the mode of test that we took. So it was the same exact test, just online instead of paper. So that's just something to keep in mind. Um, you might wanna just you know, kinda talk to your kids, see what they feel more comfortable with, or see what you feel more comfortable with, and just order the test that you know fits your needs the best. Now, one thing with the paper test is when you're done, you have to send them back in. A lot of times they um, recommend you make copies of all of the pages so that in the event that they got lost in the mail, your student wouldn't have to retake the test. So um, I, that's kind of a hassle and plus you have to take them to the post office and all that jazz. Um, you do want to send them back like FedEx or UPS or USPS um, certified so that they can be tracked so you don't lose those um, and the test booklets too because if you either mark the test booklets or lose them in the mail or anything you are responsible for replacing those. So just something to keep in mind there. For the online, it was actually really easy. We just signed up, paid for them. They were literally available to us like I think it was a couple hours later, but really we didn't start them until the next day. Um, and then you just do them. Your test scores are automatically done as soon as you're done taking the score or the test. And then as soon as we were done with all the tests, then they, I like, it was like the next day, I think I got an email with everybody's test scores. So it was really easy. I didn't have to do any mailing or anything like that. Um, but like I said, I think the timer did kind of throw them off a little bit. But also I think it was actually good to practice doing them both ways because I think in future careers, college, and things like that, they'll probably experience both. And so having some experience with that, I think is a benefit. Now, one tip as far as testing goes that I think is helpful is when I am doing my overall testing for the year, I do plan out in advance what week will we, we will be testing. I make reminders for myself on my phone and my calendar so that I know when to order the test so that they get here on time. And, you know, we can just get everything kind of wrapped up in a nice, neat little bow at the end of the year. I do schedule them for right at the end of the year. So we've done them, you know, one to two weeks before the year's out. One year I did them the very last week. One year I forgot to order them and we didn't do them until like two or three weeks into summer. 
I do not recommend that. That was, everybody was on summer brain, including me at that point, And it was just not a fun week. So, you know, just a little tip in advance, schedule in advance, um, you know, towards the end of the year, but that way, you know, it's coming. You don't forget about it. You remember to order your tests and all of that. So step two is pretty simple. You just need to administer your tests. So whether you got the paper test in the mail or the online test doesn't matter. Um, you're just going to want to find a nice, well-lit, quiet spot with little distraction. We usually do not test in our school room. I think they even recommend that. Uh, we test in the dining, dining room usually. There's not a whole lot of interesting things to look at in there. There's not a lot of distractions in there. It's well lit. We've got plenty of space. We have nice big dining room table. Everybody takes a side um, and then we just do it in there. So definitely you'll want to find like a nice quiet well lit area with little distraction. Um, and then you can kind of schedule it out however you want to. Some of the tests that we've ordered have come with like a sample schedule suggesting what to do each day. You can also just take the amount of tests you have and kind of divide them evenly. Uh, you can see which ones are longer. I kind of try to mix ones. If we if there's going to be one that's really long with one that's really short, I'll try and mix those together. That way you don't have a bunch of really long tests in one day and um, kids kind of start getting burnt out and they, they start not doing so good. Um, so you can kind of schedule them out however you want. Typically, usually takes us about four days to do our testing, sometimes three, it sort of depends. The Iowas are a little bit longer, so those we would spread out for all five days. The cats are a little bit shorter. You can probably um, get through those a little bit quicker, but just kind of do whatever you feel like is going to work best for your family. Um, and we just block off a whole week for testing. And we do, you know, a handful of tests each day. Um, one thing that makes it a little bit more fun for us is we do a special snack week. And so everybody gets to pick their favorite snacks. We try and do some healthy, some salty, and some sweet. Um, and then that way they can, they know they have something to look forward to on testing day. We kind of lay it out like a buffet in the kitchen. And in between tests, they're welcome to go in the kitchen and get some snacks and just kind of replenish before we start the next test. It also gets them out of the dining room if someone else is still working and they're done um, so it kind of removes the distraction from the dining room they can go in the kitchen and get their fun snacks and I think it also just makes it a little bit more fun to have to take tests if you know you're going to have a bunch of fun snacks so that's just kind of what we do and then at the very end of the testing week we kind of have a little end of testing week celebration uh, typically we would go out to get ice cream or you know just something, have a fun dinner or something like that. This year we didn't really do that as much because of coronavirus and we couldn't really go out. Um, and so we did make our own homemade ice cream though. So that was actually really nice. And it was just kind of a nice way to wrap up the week. Um, another tip for the administering test section is to make sure you have plenty of scratch paper and sharpened pencils available. We do this before we start, um, and I just have them on the table. Everybody has their own paper, their own pencils. Everything is all just nice and set up and ready to go. That way they're not searching for things or needing to ask questions during the test or anything like that. We just try and make sure we have everything we need right there. We all start the same test at the same time, and then if the kids finish early, like I said, they can go into the kitchen um, while the other ones are finishing, and then we take a short little break before we move on to the next test for that day. And that's just kind of how we run the tests until we get through all of them. So then step number three is just to send in your completed tests. Now, if you have the paper ones, a lot of times they will recommend that you make copies of those just in case they get lost in the mail. Um, that would be really a huge bummer if one of your kids had to retake a test because it got lost in the mail. I have never had that happen, but I wouldn't want to have that happen either. Um, but I do always send them back in like FedEx, UPS, or USPS, whatever, um, certified, just so that you can definitely track it. 
um, and there's a little bit of insurance there um, for you as well. Uh, but you just want to return them and most of the tests that we've done via paper have specific instructions on what you need to do. So we go through and make sure that all the dots are filled in really good, erase any marks that, you know, if somebody accidentally made a mark with a pencil or something like that. Just make sure the tests look nice and clean so they don't get messed up. And um, they have always told us to do that as well. They kind of have a step-by-step -step guide. Make sure your mark, you don't have any stray dots, your dots are filled in good. Make sure your name information is all correct and then, you know, ship it all back and all of that. So you'll just want to follow those instructions if you did the paper tests. The online tests, like I mentioned, were super easy. As soon as we were done, the next day I got an email with everybody's test scores. We literally didn't have to do anything. So that was definitely a bonus on the online ones for me. It was way easier for me to do than for my kids, I think. Um, so I preferred those. My kids, I think, would still rather do the paper test next year. So we'll kind of see. And then the last step is really just to file your results um, with your state. Now that might vary depending on where you are. For our state, we have to turn in tests every year um, on odd years. So starting in third grade, so third grade, fifth grade, seventh grade, and so on, we have to mail them in. And you can mail them to your local school district or like an umbrella school. And then in some cases, if you're enrolled in like an options program like we are, you can just keep the testing records yourself. I actually keep them myself, plus I send them into Check, which is an organization here, homeschool organization here that offers that service. So they keep my test scores on record just in case anybody ever came and wanted those or wanted proof that we did them and whatever. So I have a copy and they have a copy and that's totally adequate for for our state, but you'll just want to double check with your state. Now I do test all of my kids every year, even if they aren't in an odd grade, but then I just submit the odd grade years. So I keep tests for them, test results for them every year. So, and that's just kind of how we do it because I just like to use those tests as a gauge, like I said, for me to make sure that I'm doing my job, make sure that whatever curriculum we're choosing, you know, we feel like it was an adequate, well-rounded curriculum and that kind of thing. And um, we don't really use it to you know, grade the kids at all. Um, of course, we do want them to do good, but I also know that there are times where maybe we kind of missed a topic that year, and so I'll just make sure, oh, hey, we didn't do very good here. Let's make sure we cover that next year. So we just use it as a gauge to plan our future years and make sure that we're getting a nice, well-rounded education. So that's basically it. We do test every year, and I just want to assure you and maybe give you a little bit of encouragement that it's really not as difficult as you might think it is. I mean, I know at the beginning, like I said, I was a little bit worried about how it was all going to go, mainly because I just didn't know. Um, but they were really, honestly, very easy to order, pretty easy to administer, and then, you know, pretty pretty easy to submit as well, whether you're doing paper or online. Um, our kids have always done pretty good on those tests, and I've never felt like we really were lacking in anything. But I feel like as a homeschooler, um, I don't want to teach to the test ever necessarily. I want to make sure that I feel like we're getting the education that we need to get. But I also do use that as a little bit of reassurance that we're still doing a good job. <laughs> so hopefully that makes sense. That's just how I look at them. Of course, your opinion might be different. Um, but that's just how we do our testing here. So it might be different in your state and you might have different opinions on it and, uh, as well. And I think that's great. That's one of the awesome things about homeschooling. So that is going to be it for today's episode. If you have any comments, questions, or ideas for an upcoming podcast, make sure to email me at podcast at confessionsofahomeschooler.com. You can also visit my website at www.confessionsofahomeschooler.com for more ideas. Thank you so much for joining me today, and I will see you next time.